Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, and I'm reading today from the December 2022 issue of the Voice of the Martyrs newsletter or magazine. Our story today is entitled "Emerging from the Communist Underground." Takes us to the country of Nepal. As a teenager living in Nepal in the late 1970s, Shankar was committed to pursuing a life of meaning. He studied Sanskrit, which is considered the sacred language of Hinduism, and meditated on Hindu texts day and night. But over time, he found it all meaningless, and was inspired by some communist friends to become an atheist. Shankar then began training in the martial arts. When he failed to achieve his double black belt, however, he decided to look elsewhere for significance. And then one day, a man came to his door. And invited Shankar, who was 18 at the time, to join a growing radical communist movement. When he agreed, the man handed him a form to complete. I filled out the form and was taken to China for underground training. Shankar said. To avoid being tracked, Shankar was escorted across the border into China on foot, instead of by airplane or bus. The multi-day、uh, trek. Ended deep inside China, where Shankar learned that he had been recruited because of his training in martial arts and his father's role as an armorer in Nepal's military. I knew how to make weapons, so I was one of the teachers for them. Shankar said, "After three months, I was made captain of that group." Shankar trained communist recruits for nearly seven years before returning home to care for his aging parents. Back in Nepal, he served as a lead underground trainer for the communists in Kathmandu. Every night, from midnight to 3 a.m., he taught skills such as how to evade arrest and and how to steal motorcycles. He even trained students to shoot and kill fellow communists who had been arrested, so they could not be detained and interrogated. This was the beginning of the underground communist movement of Nepal," he said. "I was training them to be guerrillas." One morning, after an all-night training session, Shankar sat down with some friends at a public park. As they talked, three men approached and sat down near them. One of the men had a guitar; another had a bag full of printed leaflets. As the man with the guitar began playing and singing a Christian hymn, the other man walked up to Shankar and handed him a gospel tract. "Here, you should read this," he told Shankar. "God loves you." Shankar grabbed the tract, tore it up, and threw it in the air. He considered Christianity to be a poison in Nepal. The man gave Shankar another tract, and he tore that one up too. To Shankar's disbelief, the man then tried to hand him a third tract.、And、then I thought, "This guy's really mocking me," so I slapped him three or four times on his cheek. The evangelist immediately gathered with his friends and prayed. Then he returned with a fistful of tracts and stuffed them in Shankar's pocket and ran away. Shankar took off after him. I was so angry at him. He said, "I thought if I ever catch him, I'll beat him badly." Shankar lost track of the man when he crossed a busy highway, and when Shankar returned to his friends, one of them joked that he should check his pockets to see if the man planted a bomb in his shirt. 
and Shankar pulled the wad of tracks from his pocket and threw them to the ground. When he returned home that evening, he noticed something in one of his pockets. I thought my pocket was empty, he said, but when I put my hand inside, there was still one gospel tract in there. I wondered if it was a bomb, and it was, a, a spiritual bomb that changed my life. Shankar finally decided to read the tract, and after reading only part of it, he began to feel convicted of the sin in his life. I had caught so many people. I had killed so many people. I, I knew that I was the worst sinner in the world. I wanted to find a way to get out from this sin. Around the same time, Shankar's mother, who struggled with mental health problems, attempted to take her own life. Desperate to help her, Shankar read through the tract again. This time he noticed a reference to Mark sixteen, sixteen to 18, which addresses faith in Christ and healing. He decided to seek help from believers, if he could find any. Soon Shankar met two Christians from the Netherlands on the street. When he told them his story and shared his concern for his mother's health, the men offered to visit his mother and pray for her, requesting only a place to sleep. After 20 days of prayer, Shankar's mom improved significantly. When I saw my mom was healed, I was very happy, he said. Even though I was an atheist, I decided to read that gospel tract again. At the back of the gospel tract, there was an address. I wrote the office, and they continued to send more gospel tracts. Though he hadn't placed his faith in Christ yet, Shankar couldn't keep the good news that he had read about and experienced to himself. He took all the tracts he had received and distributed them to other villagers. If you're sick, he told them, read this and you'll be healed. My mom is a living testimony. She was sick and now she is healed. Don't throw this gospel away. After Shankar distributed the tracts, some villagers began gathering for prayer. One day, the Dutch missionaries met with them and helped lead eight people to Christ. And that day, in 1986, he also placed his faith in Christ, and he and the other Christians soon formed a church. Some of Shankar's communist friends tried to persuade him to return to their group, but he refused. No, I will never, he told them. There's no chance I'll rejoin the party. But you can come to church. If I join the party, I'll get death. If you come to church, you'll get life. Shankar eventually became pastor of the church that he had helped start, and he has since planted 28 more churches, ranging in size from about 30 to 130 worshipers. His passion for sharing the gospel has at times angered others. While many villagers listen to his preaching with an open heart, Shankar and members of his team have been beaten multiple times. And more recently, Shankar and other pastors have been restricted in their work by new government guidelines. In 2017, Nepal's parliament passed an amendment criminalizing conversion to Christianity. It's clearly mentioned in the law that if one person converts another person to his religion, he'll be fined about $400 in American income, a month's, a month's income, and spend five years in prison, Shankar said. This persecution is causing us some problems in sharing the gospel. In 2018, the prime minister and other government officials further tightened the restrictions by publicly declaring that anyone who changes his or her religion 
will be expelled from the country. Since the constitutional amendment was adopted, Shankar has seen at least one pastor detained because of his ministry work. The pastor who is now out of jail has paid the equivalent of $5,000 in fines and legal fees. I encourage my church members that it doesn't matter what the Constitution stands for, he said. Sometimes the Constitution goes against us because we are not working for this world. We are working for heaven, so don't be scared off. If God wants us to be in prison for sharing the gospel, let it be. But do not be scared of persecution. We have to do what we are called to do. Shankar asks people to pray that God will provide for his church's needs, unite the congregation, and continue to draw more Nepalese to faith in Christ. I have given my life for God's ministry until I die, he said. I cannot imagine being apart from ministry. May God help me continue to win new souls. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining with us today. If you would like to be on the mailing list of Voice of the Martyrs where I receive these magazines, you could receive your own free copy every month also. Just contact them at vom.org. Vom.org. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun. This audio is being released on the 11th of February, 2023. And Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.